0: All right. Hello, Hello, Alice. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> this is an official start for us. I know. This is very formal. Welcome, everyone, to Snark Notes. We're so excited about today's episode. It's palpable in the room. Yeah, it's
1: absolutely that. I feel like if you know us, if you're lucky enough to know either <laughs> one of us in person in the real world, you, you'll know that we're huge Ed Sheeran fans. Sheeran. Sherry, sure. I believe the correct term. Yes. Um. Yeah. So we went to a concert this weekend, last yeah,
0: night yeah,
1: in Boston. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, as
1: always. Not the first Ed Sheeran concert we've gone to. No.
0: (laughs) We've also... Yeah, so last night we went to one at TV Garden in Boston, but we've also previously been to one in Bangor, Maine. (laughs) Which, it was great because Ed Sheeran also clearly had no idea where he was. Like, at that concert, he was like, I want to thank you guys for coming out tonight, because I'm guessing it took you a long time to get here. It took me a really long time to get here, anyways. He was, like,
1: coming from Connecticut, and he clearly (laughs) thought, like, oh, it's only a few states away, and no one told him that, like, Bangor, Maine is, like, pretty far up there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. No, but Ed Sheeran concerts, like, I mean, obviously, Ed Sheeran is, like, known for being a good singer, like, Mm -hmm. songwriter, lyricist, but the concerts, I feel like, are always really impressive, because... It's, with the exception last night of PJ for one song, like, he had this, like, guy who's, like, on his crew come out and play the piano for, like, one song, but with the exception of that, it's just him on the stage, and with he, a like, loop pedal. yeah uses a loop pedal, so, like, he'll start with the beat, and then that will start playing over and over again, and then he'll, like, add layers, he'll, like, harmonize with himself, he has two microphones. <laughs> he jumps around a lot. He jumps around, so it's like pretty amazing that one guy can make like that much music and that much sound and be that entertaining for like a two-hour set list, and it's one guy. Like he has no backup band, it's just him. And he clearly loves it too. Yeah. Like
1: he's every single song trying to like hype the audience up, trying to get them into it. There's always like weird um what am I even looking for? Like
0: cinematography I guess?
1: Like in the background, The rose petals that I went over
0: because they have like a big screen because like obviously like we were in like the fucking third balcony so you can kind (laughs) of see Ed but like not really so they have those like big jumbotron screens where they show them to you but yeah the stuff that they put over it like there was one where like rose petals were softly falling over him. Yeah like the
1: bachelor rose petals. It kind of feels like someone just discovered like um like photo booth on their like laptop computer and are like using those
0: filters one song where it was like there was like it was outer space but then inexplicably a whale like went across
1: the screen even better than that i think it was like thinking out loud yeah. like it was like a very romantic song yeah. it was like talking about the stars and then you're looking up and there's also like a fucking whale yeah. um but yeah
0: so the overall just like whoever was doing the jumbotron was like really on point <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like Ed's just totally on board with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. There was also a point last night where he was like pandering hard to his audience because when he came out for the Encore, he was wearing a Boston Bruins jersey. Yeah. But then I did try really hard to get a photo of him in it, so like, <laughs> it I was buying <laughs> into it, it. I think he
1: also just like doesn't really know Boston and just like, not completely wrongly, just assumes that He's everyone like, is Irish. He's a bunch
0: of Irish people. <laughs> I feel like people did really like you. Probably like outside of playing in Ireland, had the best response to his two like like Nancy Mulligan and Galway yeah, girl. Like they're probably like the best response from like a Boston crowd to those maybe two Maybe even songs. better
1: because I gotta believe that some of the people in Ireland are like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah. what is this shit and we're like, best guys, Irish stuff. That's
0: what we live for. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, Really in for like over-the-top cliche Irish things
1: but like yeah
0: so before we go any further in that Ed Sheeran story we need to tell everyone about the lobster Girls
1: story hashtag
0: lobster Girls.
1: yes we do I think this is one of my favorite stories
0: so here's here's how it started so the first Ed Sheeran concert that we went to um like we were saying it was in Bangor and that day we were like getting ready to go and we wanted to buy stuff to make t-shirts mm-hmm. um because we're cool. And uh, so we went to Walmart. And while we were at the Walmart, we happened upon <laughs> a large... Like, large enough that you could ride on it and float in it in a pool. Inflatable lobster. Yep. So, obviously, our immediate reaction was to say, if we bring it to the concert and inflate it, and we, like, ride all over it, we can throw it towards Ed, and then he'll read it, and be like, oh, this is funny. I want to be their friend. And he'll invite us on the stage.
1: I feel like when we were envisioning it, it was such a simple three-point plan. (laughs) It was like, buy the inflatable lobster. Step one. Did that. Get like, you know, inflate the uh, the inflatable lobster and write messages on it. Like, we did that. Step two. Where things fell apart was well, step, step three. Get it to end. And, and have him immediately want to be our friend. And
0: I, but I think that we're not wrong, but like, I feel like he would have appreciated no. it if we had gotten it to him, but the thing, so like, we both started out with a pretty high level of enthusiasm oh, yeah. for the lobster, and then at varying points we each got nervous and shy about it and tried to back it out. Oh, Never at the same like, time. Like, one of us was always fully committed, and then the other one would be like, I don't think we should do it anymore.
1: Like, I feel like, up until inflating it, we were, like, on board. And then I was like, oh, I don't know that we should bring it. Like, what if we just leave it at your apartment?
0: And I'm like, no, we're fucking bringing it. But I
1: will say, by the time we
0: actually got to bring <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I don't want to bring it. We're, like, let's just leave it in the car. And you were like, no, we've come this far. We yeah. came this far. We did get it inside the venue. The
1: lady who was, like, checking tickets thought it was the best thing Funny, ever. Yeah,
0: and so then... And it was when we got inside and realized that we were sitting on the lawn and there was a large barricade between the lawn and then a lot of space between the barricade and the first row of seats, like, in the seated section. And we were like, how are we going to get it over that? And then, like, it's, like, too large for people to just bounce in the air like a ball and get towards Ed. At which point, we abandoned it by the porta-potties. We put it on the ground, and then one of us looked at the other one and was like, oh, my God, who brought this large, inflatable lobster to this concert? And the other one was like, I don't know, and then we just wandered away.
1: (laughs) I still think it's one of our best moments. But it gave us the amazing hashtag of hashtag lobster girls. If you check out that hashtag, it's like a handful of pictures of us. And then it's like all girls that are either eating at Red Lobster or work at Red Lobster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Lobster Girls. Hashtag Lobster Girls.
1: They're going to
0: make it a thing. I think, like, the ultimate dream is that maybe now Lobster Girls continues because Ed Sheeran hears this episode. Oh, maybe.
1: Maybe. Because we did have a plan for this most recent concert to get more... Spherical. spherical. We couldn't find a lobster. Actually, (laughs)
0: correction. You did find a spherical inflatable lobster, but it was terrifying. (laughs) Kelly's
1: direct quote Quote was, this... What was it? It's, this lobster looks like a uterus. And she's not wrong. (laughs) So we went with zoo animal inflatable balls instead. But I...
0: But we were so high up in the crowd that we might have been able to. We might have
1: been able, but I was worried that we were going to hit someone and they were going to, like, freak out and then maybe, like, like fall to to their... Tragedy strikes the Ed Sheeran Yeah.
0: There. So ultimately, we have not successfully yet gotten an inflatable animal of any kind to Ed but we but are working well, on it.
1: We're well stocked up now. We
0: are working on it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Ed Sheeran would want to be our friends. He's a little weird, a little nerdy. He totally. likes Game of Thrones. Um, he likes dive bars. We yeah. like dive bars. I feel like it could work out.
1: I feel like all the nerdy, <laughs> dorky parts of Taylor Swift that he gets along with, we have in spades. Yes. <laughs> so oh. Precisely. So why not? We're pale. Yeah. <laughs> and blonde. And, <laughs> and blonde.
0: So perfect. Alright, so what we have um, next planned is that is everyone knows, Ed Sheeran, greatest uh, lyricist of our time, yes.
1: arguably. Voice of a Generation. And
0: Voice of a Generation. So um, we have each selected three songs um, and some specific lyrics from those songs to share um, and just, like, talk about.
1: So I'm going to start where it all started for me. Okay. Um, so, like, I think I first came across, like, Plus, his first album yeah. like on Spotify when I was working one day and I was listening and I was like, oh this is pretty good. It's like a weird mix of like, you know, kind of mellow songs and like some like white boy rapping. But there was like one song that like really like won me over as like a hardcore <laughs> edger. I kid. know
0: exactly Yes, this.
1: of course you do. Um and it's um the song is You Need Me, I don't need you. And it's great. Like it's just him like rapping super quickly, like saying yeah. a lot of like funny, clever lines Slightly self-deprecating, also slightly just, like, come at me, like, irreverent, I'm just doing my thing.
0: Right, it's sort of, like, the man of, like, the record label, like, like, you need me, like, I don't have to be anyone specific, like, do any of the specific things you say, because, like, I meant Sharon, and, and, like, ultimately, like, you need me and my talent more than I need you and your bullshit yeah. management.
1: and he's also giving his, like, listeners kind of, like, an anthem. Like, you know, like, yeah. just do you, that's yeah. enough. Um. But for me, like, yeah, that general message and general ethos of the song, I appreciate it, but, but, like, for me, the line that won me over into a hardcore Ed Sheeran fan will always be, truly broke, never growing up, call me Rufio, yeah. which is a Hook reference. <laughs> I don't know if that, how many of you have seen the movie Hook, but, um... It's like, uh, Robin Williams is, like, Peter Pan all grown up, and he goes back to Neverland, but he doesn't remember that he's Peter Pan.
0: Rufio!
1: Rufio! And, like, the new Peter Pan is this guy named Rufio, who has, like, a mohawk, and... He's,
0: like, sort of taken over as leader of the Lost Boys. Exactly.
1: And he's, like, Peter Pan on steroids, and, like, kind of a punk. I feel like... He's he's like the emo Peter Pan yeah. in a way I really appreciate and like it's like whenever he does anything he just like screams his name and he's like
0: Rufio <laughs> and the kids are like Rufio yeah.
1: Rufio. <laughs> So, like, that has a place in my heart. I
0: think it's proof that we would be nerd friends. Like, the fact that we would make
1: that reference. Exactly. Like, that is exactly why I'm, like, Ed Sheeran, you don't realize it, but, like, we would get along, like, a lot. (laughs) And I think it was, like, as I said, it's a pretty fast song, so the first time I, like, heard it, I was, like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think I had to go back, rewind, listen to it again, and then, like, confirm by going on Google Lyrics that I'm, like, I fucking love this guy. That was the day I became a Yeah, It's one line, a Rufia
0: line. That one line. Are you going to say the other great line from that one? Or is it yes. appropriate?
1: <laughs> it might not be appropriate, so I wasn't going to, but I feel like I have to. <laughs> so the other great thing about this line is immediately after it, right after he has this like great reference to Hook, which is like a children's movie, he says... <laughs> they say I'm up and coming like I'm fucking in an elevator, which is like, probably one of his raunchier lines, but it's also like, clever as hell. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. And I like like, the juxtaposition that he can go from like, hook to that in literally like, Four that's, lines. that's the
0: magic of Ed Sheeran. Now. That's the magic of Ed Sheeran.
1: So was this like one of the songs that you had, um, or did you just know it, I was going
0: to I'm going to confess that I knew that you <laughs> would do that song. So I picked another song from that album, though. So I picked um, the song Drunk. Which, first of all, if you have not seen the music video for this, I highly yes. recommend that you do because there's, like, a weird talking cat aspect that's, like, fucking, like, like it's like Ed Sheeran, like, hanging out with a cat and talking to it. Yeah, it's Ed like, Sheeran being drunk and not having friends and
1: being depressed over a girl and, like, so the like, one guy, or the one person, or not even person, that's trying to, like, cheer, cheer him up, up. This is his cat. This is
0: cat. Um, but I just really feel I mean there's a lot of great lines um from the song but like I also like really like the opening line which is I wanna be drunk when I wake up on the right side of the wrong bed which I feel like is a really artful way of being like I wanna get shit faced and hook up with a random girl. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like but like I'm sure it would never say that. Like it's like such a like artsy way of, like, being like, I want to have, like, a drunken one-night hookup. Yeah. And then, like, even after that, like, he says, um, you know, tell you the truth that I hate what didn't kill me. It never made me stronger at all. Which I think is a really great line because it's, like, a really, like, it's just a really great point. Like, it takes an old cliche and it's like, no. (laughs) Like, none of this has helped me, um, in any way. And then just one last favorite line from that song is: "Then he says, but a house gets cold when you cut the heating. Without you to hold, I'll be freezing." It's a song about getting over a girl and needing to be drunk and like have a drunken hookup to get over a girl that you actually really liked, but like done in such an Ed Sheeran way. Like it's like one where you like might hear it and not know on the surface that that's what he's talking about because he's using all these like flowery, beautiful metaphors. Yeah. And it's then great. you're
1: like, what's the title of this song? And just it's just drunk. drunk. <laughs> no, it's also kind of great, and I haven't thought about this before, but I think it's actually kind of great, too, because it's definitely, like, a relationship ends, and you're, like, upset about a girl, and you get drunk, and you, like, talk to your friends about it, and you're like, man, <laughs> she was, like, the house with the
0: heat Yeah, and her friends are like, like, dude, shut the fuck like up. Uh,
1: yeah, then you can't stop talking about it, and it kind of has that feel. Like, yeah. I
0: appreciate that. It's good. Awesome. All right, what is your next one? Okay, so
1: this one... I'm not sure. I feel like you might talk about, because
0: it's kind of
1: great. Um, It's from Multiply. Don't?
0: Oh, I, I actually did not, surprisingly. I. But a confession again that I think I know what line you're going to say.
1: Yeah, well, there are a couple lines. So some backstory. Don't is, like, kind of his romantic takedown song
0: yeah like he doesn't it's have a Sheeran, too swifting hard on ellie Goulding. yeah like i think so basically
1: he had like a either a relationship or like a pseudo relationship with singer ellie golding and then they were together and then she hooked up with niall from one direction <laughs> niall! and then like apologized and felt bad about it but at that point he's just so over it And so, he wrote this song, and he shared it with Taylor Swift, and if I remember correctly, Taylor Swift was like, man, that's harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, for him to write a romantic, like, takedown song, and T-Swift, the queen of, like, that, like, sub-genre, to be like, whoa, (laughs) is a lot. And there's just...
0: It's a great song,
1: though. It's a great song. Like, I do feel a little bad sometimes, like, singing about something that, like, this girl probably feels really bad about, and it's just, like, forever following her around but it's a great fucking song and like I think each like each like uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, not chorus verse it's verse thank you each verse gets a little more harsh and it kind of culminates with um, this this series of lines that is just great from so many levels and it's uh, I never intended to be next but you didn't have to go oh wait right. but you didn't, but you to didn't need him. to take him to bed that's all and I never saw him as a threat so let's pause there <laughs>
0: Niall Horv is the only person that you could get away with being like I never saw him as a threat and he's probably not upset about it he's probably just like yeah mate true did not my bad you guys were together my bad so sorry mate he's like we were saying earlier he's like Niall Horv is the golden retriever of human beings exactly he loves everyone he's just always happy just Niall being Niall. Niall
1: being Niall okay so that's great um so it's and I never saw him as a threat until you disappeared with him to have sex, of course. And then this is, like, the next two lines I think are the most brutal of the whole thing. Yeah. Which is, um, it's not like we were both on tour. We were staying on the same fucking hotel floor.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: that's just, like, <laughs> shit.
0: Right. <laughs> like, the, this is not, like, a, like, oh, I wasn't there and you just made a mistake. Like, I was fucking there yeah. and you, like, chose to do this.
1: And it happens a couple times in this song where it's, like, kind of giving her hypothetical permission for some bad behavior. We like to be like, oh, like, you know, like, we weren't that serious, or like, oh, if we had been... There are ways
0: we could rationalize this, but, like, they're not applicable to to what you actually did. Exactly.
1: It's like, yeah, if you had done this, I would have gotten this. And if you had done this slightly worse thing, I would have gotten this. But no, you didn't do either of those things. What you did do is hook up with a friend of mine... Well, I was, like, a couple rooms there. We were, like, at a party together in a hotel. (laughs) So, it's a great song to sing along. It's savage as fuck, and I just (laughs) really appreciate it.
0: It also don't fuck with Ed Sheeran's love. Don't fuck with his love.
1: I also, (laughs) so, like, there's a chorus where it's, like, la, 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 you know, like that. And it always sounds to me, like, my lot in love. And I don't think it's intended as that, but I kind of (laughs) like it that way. So, uh, that, like, his lot in love is unfortunately to get cheated on by uh, Ellie Goulding with Niall. (laughs) Shout out to Niall. Shout out to Niall. Okay, I'm shocked that that wasn't on your list.
0: Um, yeah, I kind of knew, though I know how much you like the line about how Niall's not a threat. Um, (laughs) So... But okay, so you might be surprised by my next one though. I kind of like that we're going album for album right now. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, mine is Tenerife C or however the fuck you say that. Mm-hmm. Um. Which like backstory is like supposedly a song about Taylor Swift. Just so, is like Tenerife C T S oh. Taylor Swift. There's a lot of references to like blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, supposedly a song he like wrote about her like after he opened for her on the Red Tour. Um. So supposedly, and um, there's specifically a line at the end of the song, like so the ending lines are, you look so wonderful in your dress, I love your hair, like that. And it says, and he claims now that the final line is, and in a moment I knew you, comma, Beth. Like <laughs> the name Beth. But everyone believes that originally it was, in, and in a moment I knew you best. Which is a infinitely better line, just way better, but, like, I feel like he put the Beth in there so people would stop being, like, this song is about Taylor Swift, but I do, um, really like there's a part of the chorus where he says, like, should this be the last thing I see, I want you to know it's enough for me, which is, I think he's just, like, a really sweet line that, like, To imply that like someone like this is like you are enough like this moment has been like even if nothing else ever happens after this like this moment has been enough and like you have been wonderful in this moment and then he says like because all that you are is all that Al ever need which is like you know just really I just think it's touching. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no I think you're right it's super touching and actually if it's about Taylor Swift who's actually a friend then yeah. it's kind of great if he really means it which is like basically it's like our friendship and like what you mean right. in this capacity is enough for me
0: right exactly Like, and there's a way like there's a lot of references to like being so in love and like maybe even what he's saying he's just like in love with their friendship and the two of them being together and like making music together and whatever like That that's, you know, that that's enough and that that's enjoyable and fun. No, I like that one. Yeah. All right. Um, That's
1: your final song. (laughs) So I'm going to ruin the trend of going album by album. In part, and we'll talk about this a little later, I didn't like the newest one as much because I didn't really have lyrics that, like, really grabbed hold of me. So the next one I'm going to talk about is also from Multiply, which is his second album, um, A Fire Love. So it's a song that he wrote about his grandfather who had Alzheimer's. And actually, as he was writing the song, his grandfather actually passed away. So basically, it's kind of talking about, like, the stages of his grandfather having Alzheimer's, like, his dad's reaction to it, or it was, like, his dad helping Ed deal with it, um, his grandmother's reaction to it, and then it kind of ends with the funeral itself. Yeah. And so this is one that I think i like for a more personal, like, reason. Um, So my... Grandmother didn't have Alzheimer's, but she did have a pretty severe case of dementia. It so was, like, growing up, we lived in the same town, um, which was so important to me. It was, like, I was talking to my sister about this the other day. It was just, like, a huge part of my childhood, and I'm just, like, really grateful to have had her and my great-aunt and my step-grandfather, like, there for the years that we had her, but, like... She probably passed away late elementary school, but like the dementia definitely probably hit around third grade. So like seeing her deal with that and the frustrations and seeing her loved ones, like my dad deal with it, like this song just means something to me on a personal level. And it starts with two lines that I really like, which is things were all good yesterday and and then the devil took your memory. Um, And then it says, and if you fell to your death today... I hope that heaven is your resting place. So it's yeah. kind of like recognizing how awful a thing this is and also how awful a thing it is for like the person going through memory loss to deal with and just hoping that like the next yeah. stage of whatever comes next is like a good place for them. Yeah. Um, and then I think the funeral scene is also really well done. There's a, there's a line I also wanted to call out which is hold on. Um Black suit, black tie, standing in the rain. And now my family is one again. uh, Stapled together with the strangers and a friend. Came to my mind I should paint it with a pen. And you just kind of feel like you're there. Yeah. Um, And then the whole song ends with um, him singing uh, Hallelujah with his family. Yeah. So it just, like, hits me in a personal way. um, And it's just so vivid uh, that I think it's probably a song that on multiple listenings, like, each one made it more important to me. So yeah. Wanted to call that
0: out. I like that one. Nice. Thanks. That's touching. Thanks, bud. Okay. So, um, my last one is from the newest album. The one that I picked is Castle on the Hill. Oh, that's a good one. Um, which I actually, like, so I saw in an interview that he was talking about that, like, he sort of wrote it as a joke like he was kind of drunk or apparently and he just started like playing someone kind of like dared him was like i bet you can't just like write a song like as you go or whatever and like that's what he did with this song like he basically just started playing the guitar and like fucking just like wrote a drinking song and this is it which is like the most ed sheer thing (laughs) that like this would be a song that you wrote while you were kind of drunk like just because someone was like i bet you can't do it and then you're like (laughs) fuck you i'm ed sheeran um, but I just, like, think it's a, also a really great song about, like, how connected you are, like, to the people that you grew up with and, like, where you grew up. That's you and me, I yeah. <laughs> A few lines that I wanted to pick out. So, like, um, he says, like, I found, he's talking about where he grew up. and like, I found my heart and broke it here, made friends and lost them through the years. Um, and I feel like that's, like, a really good, you know, like, he's, like, done a lot of, like, things here. Like, this is where he learned how to, like, love, and to deal with a broken heart, um, and all of that. And then, I also really feel like this is, a, like, very Ed Sheeran line. So... He's talking about, like, when he's 15 and, like, like going out with his friends and stuff. And he says, had my first kiss on a Friday night. I don't reckon I did it right. <laughs> Which is, like, the most accurate thing to, like, write a song and confess that, like, I was probably shitty at kissing someone. <laughs> so then, like, the final verse um, has this one line that I really like. So it's kind of like... Going through like these explanations of these friends that he grew up with he kind of goes through like you know like one left to sell clothes one works down by the coast so I won't read the whole thing but He like goes through all these different friends are like doing all of these things and it kind of ends and he says one's just barely getting by but these people raised me and I can't wait to go home and I just really like that line about like these people raised me because yeah. I feel like you have a lot of friends like growing up that really did contribute to who you are as a person Absolutely. like um And, like, that's just such a great, like, you feel that connection to people because they're such a part of, like, your history and a part of your past and, like, who you've become. And I think that that, just that one line is really, like, it's really great. No,
1: I really like that. And also in conjunction with that line that you called out earlier, which is made friends and lost them through the years. Yeah. The fact that, like... Like, we're super lucky. I love that, like, we stayed in touch yeah. over the years. And if anything, I feel like we became closer friends. Yeah. But, like, I had other friendships that growing up meant a lot to me that, like, I lost touch with. Or, like, they fell apart. Or, like, I see them but not as often. And the fact that, like, you can celebrate that and feel this love. For and nostalgia for that, um, yeah. even though it's not part of your daily life. And, like, even if you're not in touch with them in the same way, like, they are the people that raised right. you. Right. And then they're, like, that. while
0: you might make other good friends, like, as an adult along the way that are, like, also super important in your life, there's, like, something special about friends from your childhood. Yeah. Like, because they, like, they raise you, and, like, you grew up with those people, yeah. and, like, they're so always going to understand that part of you, like, better than anyone else. Yeah, no,
1: I'd say that. And college to a degree. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, you're also, it's, like, zoo animals raising the zoo <laughs> like,
0: <Boston. laughs> So many great Ed Sheeran lyrics. So many great Ed Sheeran lyrics. So, a few things to end on. Um, so, I was just thinking of this as we were going, but I also, like, want to highly encourage everyone to watch Ed Sheeran do covers because Uh, he does like fantastic like I I recommend that you start with Ed Sheeran's cover of Beyonce's "Drunken Love (laughs) because number one it might be the first time that you fully understand all of the lyrics to that song well in that first concert we went to he did a
1: couple covers yeah because he didn't have as much material yeah and he did a couple that would like blend uh, in. Yeah, another.
0: like with his I Actually, when I saw him open for Taylor Swift like way back when on oh, yeah. the Red Tour, he did a really great cover of a Nina Simone song. Oh, I'm yeah? pretty sure that you can find it online. But yeah, so like check those out. But then we also wanted to briefly talk about like, so Ed Sheeran writes a ton of songs and he yeah. doesn't end up using all of them. And a lot of times he gives them to other artists, so we just wanted to call out, like, a few really great songs that Ed Sheeran has written for other people, and this is where Alice has to confess to liking a Justin Bieber song. Yeah,
1: I I blame Ed Sheeran for this, because I was listening to the radio one day, and it was obviously Justin Bieber, and I was like, fuck it, I really like this song, it's called Love Yourself, and it's basically like our relationship has ended, and it's actually kind of savage, it's like... Fuck you. <laughs> Go my fuck mama herself. don't like
0: you and she likes everyone.
1: That was exactly the line I wanted to call out because it's just so great. My mama don't like you and she likes everyone. Like, damn. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then, of course, I find out that, like, Ed Sheeran wrote it. And I was like, what the hell, Ed Sheeran? You made me like a Justin Bieber song. And I think it was kind of like my gateway song to yeah. Justin Bieber. But I was telling you, I was reading up on it for this episode, and what I didn't realize is, like, as you said, like, he writes a lot of songs that he doesn't use. This is a song that would have been on his most recent album, Divide, potentially, and just got scrapped. And I'm actually kind of <laughs> upset about it, like, because, um, as I said, I liked some of the songs on Divide, and I feel like I have a different appreciation for them now that I saw them live. But I didn't love the album in the same way that I loved the first two because there weren't as many lyrics that I really, like, grabbed hold of. And I feel like had this song been on Divide, sung by Ed Sheeran, it would have been my favorite song of the album.
0: (laughs) Did you know that he also wrote the other – it's, like, Justin Bieber and someone else, like, Major Lazer or something? You know, that Cold Water No. I'll have uh, to listen to it. Ed, Ed Sheeran also wrote that song. Um, he also, I just like, need to make a hard shout out to One Direction, not to make this about Harry Styles. <laughs> um, but we've already talked about Niall in this episode, so yeah, like, Ed Sheeran's, like, pretty good friends with most of the people from One Direction, and um, so he wrote um, a lot of One Direction songs, actually, but... Um, most famously he wrote, um, Little Things by One Direction, Mm -hmm. which is a really great song. it's like very Ed Sheeran when you really slow down and think about it, like it's kind of a slow song and it's like, like there's a really good line that's like, you can't go to bed without a cup of tea, but maybe that's the reason that you talk in your sleep, which Uh is like a really Ed Sheeran thing to say. It really is. (laughs) Um, so it's just like about the little things that you love about someone Um, Shout out to my friend Lucy, who really wants to play that song at her wedding one day. Um, And then there's a lot, like he also wrote the song Over Again from One Direction, 18, which is another classic One Direction song Moments. It's just like a lot of One Direction. There's another, um, I think he sings on the song Old School Love with Lupe Fiasco, so I feel like people know that he wrote that one um and then we he actually I don't know if people realize that there is a Taylor Swift song everything has changed that he sings on but I think a lot of people think Taylor Swift wrote that song and he just sings on it but he actually wrote that song yeah um and then he also um wrote we learned last night that he wrote some songs for uh James Blunt yes (laughs) who was the opening act I was like surprisingly entertaining (laughs) and then like at the end he like went hardcore and like got up on his piano and was like freaking out and we were like whoa James Blunt. James Blunt, wild vibes. (laughs) He truly made a comeback from that time he stabbed a jerk in (laughs) the face. (laughs)
1: I know. I think you were like, how did he get James Blunt? And I was like, it's obviously because he owes him after his
0: death. He's He's like, Oh, we didn't even have to pay him. He was like, you owe me Open, be my opening act for free. (laughs) So just in conclusion, like... We hope that you love Ed Sheeran as much as we do. I feel like
1: if anything, talking about all this makes me love him even more. Like, I have so much, like, Ed Sheeran love in my heart right at this moment. I feel like we need to call it.
0: <laughs> Big up to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> all right. That's snork Notes. <laughs>